Hey friends, welcome to the Waiting Well podcast. I am your host, Courtney Dunker, and you are here because your journey to motherhood has not looked the way that you always imagined. It has held heartbreak, loneliness, and questions like, why me, God? I'm here to remind you that you do not have to walk this road alone. And here, we can wait well together. Each week, I will share faith-based encouragement from my own infertility journey, provide information from guest experts on navigating infertility and conceiving, powerful testimonies, and top tips on stewarding your health and emotional well-being through this demanding journey. So if you are ready to take back control of your life, find peace with God, join the in-between spaces, and thrive in your waiting season, then meet me at the well, girl. Grab that warm chocolate chip cookie, a little bit of unicorn juice or iced coffee. We've got some intentional growth to do. Let's get it. Have you ever believed the lies that you are not good enough because you are not a mother? Have you ever believed the lies that God doesn't love you because scripture says that children are a blessing and a reward of the fruit of the womb and you do not have that? Do you struggle with your worth because you're in this waiting season and you are currently wrestling with the character of God? You're wrestling with who you are and your identity because who you wanted to become is not something that you can choose. It seems like it's out of your control. A part of that identity crisis that we go through on our fertility or conceiving journey, or even in any waiting season, it comes down to facing a true spiritual battle. And you might be like, um, hold the phone, Courtney. What are you talking about? Spiritual battle? Like this is not Star Wars. I get it. I don't even know if Star Wars is spiritual, to be honest. I've never seen it, (laughs) but that's what I would relate it to is like, I think sometimes we think spiritual battles is like this far off galaxy where like something is happening and we are not involved. It's not personal, but scripture tells us the opposite. Scripture actually tells us in Revelation that we have a accuser and it says in Revelation 12, 10, I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength, the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And then if we look in Job, it literally names Satan as the same or equivalent to accuser. Basically, they're one and the same. That's what his name means. And I didn't know this, you guys, until it was brought up in church this past weekend. And I was like, we need to talk about this. We need to dive deeper into this about how the spiritual battle is present and happening in your waiting season. And a waiting season is a time where you are really fragile and really vulnerable, especially spiritually. You're just kind of exposed because you're wrestling through doubt. You're wrestling through a little bit of isolation. You're wrestling through uh, feelings of hopelessness. And so in those seasons, we need to be equipped to be aware of what the spiritual battle is, to be able to put words to it. And then also, what do we do with it? Like, how do we combat it? How do we navigate this waiting season in our inheritance as Christians, where we have been set free, where we truly have the reward of Christ? We no longer are condemned. And that's what accusations do. They condemn you. So we're going to do a Bible study. We're going to dive into this a little bit deeper. Obviously, we saw in Revelation that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. We are the brethren. If you are identified as a Christian, and if you don't, then this is important to pay attention to because this is how you are going to find freedom is stepping into a relationship with Christ 
Christ, accepting what he did on the cross for your sins and condemnation that you might be feeling like you will not be free until you accept that Jesus has paid in full for your sin by grace through faith and that you can now live in his inheritance as a child of God. So that's the gospel message. Please reach out to me if you want to talk through that and kind of dive deeper into that because there's nothing greater than you stepping into a relationship with Jesus, especially because there is a spiritual battle for your soul. But for those that are already walking with the Lord, then you have the inheritance of freedom. You are no longer a slave to the accusations or the condemnations of the enemy. However, because Satan cannot rob you and cannot put on condemnation, his only power, his only power move, right? He can't put condemnation on you because you've been set free. He will try to create spiritual disruption in your life and messy up the peace or the freedom that Christ has given you so that you don't live in peace. He really just wants to create chaos in your life and destroy it. We see in 1 Peter, how to pull it up, 5, 8, curb every passion and be on the alert. Your great accuser, the devil, is going around like a roaring lion to see whom he can devour. And if that doesn't talk to the actual reality of a spiritual battle happening right now, I think a lot of times we are ignorant of it because we think it's impersonal, that it's not you know a real reality. But one of my passages that I felt really linked well to understanding Satan as the accuser in our lives is when Jesus in the, is in the desert and fasting for 40 days and he's tempted by Satan three different times. And Satan actually uses accusation <laughs> and manipulation to try to get Jesus to act according how he wants to act. Like he just wants to have that power over him. And we see that's what the devil is doing. He's going around, he's looking for people to devour. And Jesus gives us a direct example that Satan is real. There is a spiritual battle for us and that the spiritual battle for Christians is not about our eternity, but it is about our spiritual peace in this moment and how Satan will, it's a personal thing. He's going to personally attack us to be able to disrupt any kind of peace, especially when we're fragile, especially when we're vulnerable. Like what does an enemy do to his prey when they are weak and vulnerable? He's going to attack. When you're in a waiting season, you are weak and vulnerable because you are exposed. You're in this place of of refinement and we can either experience God's refining hands as you know the the potter with the clay where it's actually good for us and it creates fruit in our life or we will experience that devouring where it then leads us to a place of isolation hopelessness where everything just expands and grows to the point of kind of destruction within our faith. And so if you have felt that, I felt that myself kind of in the first few years of my fertility journey, I felt like my faith foundation had felt destroyed. It just felt like, what do I believe? And like, is God really good? I just had questions about God and myself and all the things. And we've talked about that, but let's dive into this. What does it mean that Satan is the accuser? Let's dive into some scripture that's going to actually help us. And I want to give you guys tangible tips to be able to handle this spiritual battle in your waiting season. We're going to say no, thank you. Not today, Satan. So let's dive into that right now. I want to take a look at Jesus in the desert, right? So we're in Luke. So Luke 4, 1 through 13. And this is just so powerful because we see that Jesus actually uses scripture to fight the battle. He gets alone time with God. And I know that it's something that's like, oh, get your quiet time in. But I want to challenge you to actually dig into God's word and not just read a devotional. I think we're a culture that has gotten into the habit of reading other people's words about God 
God and using that for our quiet time. But the best way to get alone with God, to really armor yourself up for the spiritual battle is to get planted into God's word. Dig into God's word yourself. Have him speak to you directly. Don't go to what other people are saying. Spend time in God's word. Get alone with him. The second thing is arming yourself with the armor of God. Now this is found in Ephesians. It says, take on you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand firm. That's in Ephesians 6, 13. I think this is an important key piece to not being devoured. And he sees us going through a waiting season, struggling with this this heartache, right? And questioning God and questioning ourselves and doubt and all the things he is going to try to attack. But if we have the armor of God on that attack ain't going nowhere. Okay. Because we are protected. So let's talk about the armor of God. What does this mean? The helmet of salvation that goes back to being saved. Like, have you accepted through Christ? You've been set free by grace, not through faith, that it's a gift of God, not by your works, not by your own doing. Have you accepted that? That is the helmet of salvation. The breast plate of righteousness, putting that on and being intentional with how we act and how we steward our time and our skills and our gifts and our abilities. The shield of faith, extinguishing the arrows that the enemy is going to accuse at us. Like I think part of the accusations and what makes them stick around or feel kind of intense and sting and hit their mark from the enemy when he's accusing us is because we don't have something tangible that shows us the reality of God and his goodness, especially in circumstances like this, where we read in you know Psalm 127, it talks about out children are a gift of God. And so then we're sitting there and Satan is accusing us and saying, oh, he's not good. He didn't give you a child. Like, how could you believe in that? Like, obviously God doesn't care about you. He plays favorites. His blessing is for other people and not for you. You did something wrong. You are not good enough. And we're hearing those little lies on repeat. Well, the shield of faith is what's going to extinguish those fiery darts at us. And the shield of faith is standing firm in your faith, in your decision that I have been set free. My inheritance as a child of God is rooted in faith. And that is us choosing to believe that God is who he said he is, that what I read in scripture is the truth, that I don't have to doubt, I don't have to question, and I don't have to believe these lies. And we can say confidently, not today, Satan. Part of Satan's attacks is rooted in truth. Like the reality is that we were in condemnation, that we were separated from God, that we were not good enough, (laughs) that we did not measure up. And that's how Satan is attacking us, right? Those are his accusations that he's flinging at us in our different circumstances in our waiting seasons. So they are rooted in truth. But the reality is, is that truth no longer applies when you have been set free by the grace of God through his son, Jesus Christ. John 3, 16. God so gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, and have eternal life. And then we get into Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. No longer I who live, but Christ who lives through me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the son of God who gave himself for me. That is the shield of faith. That is living in the shield of faith. And honestly, it comes down to repeating that. We see that in Jesus in the desert. He is repeating scripture. He is standing on the word of God to fight accusations, the lies, the temptations of the enemy to disrupt the truth. So if so if you're a child of God, you have to live in the reality and put on the shield of faith that you are crucified with Christ, that you are no longer in the condemnation. So though you did deserve those things that the enemy is trying to accuse you of, and though he is trying to lie to you and say the truth of your past self, your 
old history, you don't live there anymore. It's kind of like robbing a house. Have you heard that quote? Where it's like, if you rob a house that I used to live in, when you sling mud at who I used to be, it doesn't really hit the same as if you rob the house I currently live in, right? You don't live there anymore. So when someone goes and robs that house, aka Satan trying to rob you of your hope and your peace of who you used to be before Christ, it doesn't hit the same. You can literally fight it with the shield of faith. Then we go to the feet of peace. Again, Satan accusing you because he can't actually steal your eternity. He cannot steal your identity as a child of God, your inheritance. He wants to, but he can't. So his only tool is going to be to disrupt your peace. And you can stand on scripture, the peace that God has given you. Take every thought captive. I mean, this is found in Philippians 4, 7. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. So telling ourselves that when we face those moments of peaceful disruption, you know what? The peace of God, it surpasses understanding. It's guarding my heart. It's guarding my mind. Lord Jesus, consume me with your peace right now. Taking that moment to just simply pray. The sword of the spirit, a sword is something that you use to attack. The sword of the spirit is going to be knowing God's word, digging into God's word so that you can pull something up in that moment where you are facing the, you know, the spiritual battle and you can fall back on that truth. When I was in my season, I was just heartbroken, as you know. I mean, you just are sitting in that place of pain and heartbreak. And I just remember feeling like, I had no peace. I remember feeling like I couldn't fight this battle. I couldn't do this alone. And I definitely had episodes of depression. I think knowing God's word is what kept me rooted to the bedrock so that no matter what was happening around me, the waves that were coming and going of this journey and these circumstances that I couldn't control, I would only kind of drift so far because the root and the foundation of my anchor was sure and strong. And that really comes down to the year years that I had spent memorizing scripture. So if you're newer to faith, it's really, really important to take the time to memorize scripture. I would just look up things that I needed in the moment and I would write them on little note cards and I would carry those everywhere with me. So when the time came, I would open up my wallet and I would just read that over and over and over again. And you can even write down like Philippians 4, 7 or Colossians 3, 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart to which indeed you were called all in one and be thankful. Second Thessalonians 3, 16. May the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. So we've been given this peace. It's a matter of us choosing to believe that or not, which goes back to that shield of faith. And then we have the belt of truth, the final thing, right? We know what the truth is. So even if the enemy is trying to accuse us, we know that the truth is that we've been set free because we've read about it, we've experienced it, and we now walk in that. So as you are going through the accusations of the enemy, it's so, so important to have some tangible tools in your toolbox to be able to fight through this experience. So here are a couple of tangible tips to help you fight through the accusations of the enemy and maintain your peace in and out of your waiting season. The first step is to acknowledge the truth that you are in a spiritual battle and the enemy is an accuser. He will use accusations to create condemnation and disrupt peace in your life. When we are aware and knowledgeable of that, we can accept how to overcome it. So that's step number one. Step number two is to have time alone with God. You cannot fight the battle if you do not go to the source and fill up with the source who's going to give you everything that you need to overcome because he's already defeated Satan. So you don't need to do that. You don't need to work hard to try to defeat Satan. You just need to abide in 
in him, right? It's like the vine, (laughs) abide in the vine. And I think even the verse that talks about, I need only to be still, God will fight this battle for me. Like that is exactly what he's asking us to do. But we need to be alone. Like Jesus in the 40 days in the desert and all throughout his ministry, he many times would retreat and spend alone time with God because he was filling up his cup directly to the source to then be able to do his ministry, to be able to live. Because the reality is he lived with the same temptations that we live every day, with the same accusations that we live every day. He was a human. Like how crazy is that to think about the fact that he dealt with thoughts that he wasn't good enough or wasn't worthy enough. Like he dealt with that temptation to believe the same things that we are tempted with every single day. The difference is that he never submitted to sin like we do. So we need to be armed with scripture. That's step number three. Jesus had an answer every time Satan attacked. He had an answer from scripture specifically on addressing what Satan was trying to attack him in. So we need to know scripture and that goes back to the armor of God. Put that armor on every single day so that God can give you that peace. And then the third step, wait, maybe the fourth step. First step is awareness. Second step is alone time with God. Third step is knowing scripture. The fourth step is understanding that Christ intercedes for us. So just like we saw in the Bible, in Revelation, how the accuser, he is accusing the brethren day and day, day in and day out. We also have Christ who is interceding on our behalf. So in Romans 8, 34, it says that Jesus is at the right hand of God, also interceding for us, the advocate with the father. So we can trust that God is advocating for us, that he's interceding. So when these accusations are happening, we don't have to fear them. We don't have to be worried about them. We can stand rooted in the truth that Christ is interceding on our behalf. So even though there could be lies that the enemy is feeding us that have elements of truth, they can't stick because Christ has come and set you free. Christ has come and already interceding for you, already dealt with the condemnation that the enemy is trying to sling at you. So your lack of worthiness, guess what? You would never measure up anyways. You're not being good enough. It's true. You aren't good enough. All of these things are true and it's exactly why we need Jesus. And how good is it that we have been given Jesus. God gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. John 3, 16. That is what we have been given. So we no longer are accused. We are no longer condemned. We are no longer slaves to the accusations of not being good enough, not measuring up. So when we have these lies about God, these lies about ourselves and our identity, because what we see played out in culture as worthy and valuable in motherhood or whatever waiting season and we're in, whether it's becoming a wife or a certain, you know, income or whatever, right? You don't have to put any weight in that specific title or that specific piece of identity because in God's eyes, our identity is not changing whether we're a mom or we're not a mom. Our identity and our worth is not changing whether we're a wife or we're not a wife. Our identity and our worth is not based on any circumstances than what Christ did on the cross. So we don't have to sit there, wrestle with our identity because it's already already been given to us. It's already been established. There is no question to our worth and our identity. So when we have those moments in our waiting season and the accusations start coming and we start feeling our identity and our worth attack, you now have a game plan. You have tools in your toolbox to fight that spiritual battle because you will not be devoured. Your spiritual peace is promised to you and it does not have to be disrupted no matter what you walk through on this earth. Christ is interceding 
for you right now with the Father. Everything you need is provided to you. The armor of God is given to you to fight this battle. You have what you need to live in peace. I hope that encourages you, my friends. I am so glad that you chose to meet me at the well today. If this episode inspired you, changed you, or blessed you in some way, I would love for you to do one of two things. First, head to Apple Podcasts at that link below and leave a review. And second, screenshot this episode and share it in your stories, tagging me at Sewn With Strength, or text it on over to a friend that this episode might bless. These are the number one ways to thank me. I am truly so grateful to be building out this community and I cannot wait to see you on the next episode. Until then, go get a workout done for me and I will see you right back here at the Waiting Well Podcast.